at the beginning of today's gospel, it is said that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees. The Sadducees had teased him with a question about seven brothers who had been married to the same woman. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection, so they asked Jesus, in the resurrection, whose wife shall she be of the seven? For they all had her. Jesus answered, Eat you err, not knowing the scriptures, nor the power of God. The fact that, according to Jesus, the Sadducees did not know the scriptures, nor the power of God, doesn't mean that they did not read the word of God. They read it, and probably knew quite a bit of it by heart. But still, they didn't really know it. And that's why they didn't know God and his power. It was the same with the Pharisees who came to Jesus after the Sadducees had left. They too read the scriptures, recited them by heart, used them in their daily prayers, but in reality, they did not know them. Their real meaning was hidden from them. Unfortunately, we have to admit that it can be exactly the same with us Christians. I don't mean just those for whom the Bible is only to decorate their bookshelf. Speaking of this, I'm reminded of a story of my high school Russian language teacher. He was writing a dissertation on the great Russian Jewish poet Osip Mandelstam, whose works had been banned by the Soviet regime until Gorbachev came to power and therefore had not seen much in print. Once, however, my teacher saw a rare volume of Mandelstam's poems in a bookstore. Unfortunately, there was only one copy left, and it was not on a self-service shelf, but on a shelf behind the counter. And there was a lady standing in line in front of my teacher. She was thinking for a long time about what to buy. Finally, she pointed to the very book that my teacher wanted and said to the salesman, give me this book. Its covers and the pattern on the spine go well with the wallpaper in my living room. My teacher got his dissertation done anyway, but I seriously doubt that lady ever read any of Mandelstam's poems. So if you happen to know anyone in whose home the Bible is merely a decoration of a bookshelf, tell them that if they would read it, it would not only beautify their living room, but also make them themselves more beautiful. 
both externally and even more so internally. As I said, I don't want to talk much about those who don't read the Bible at all, but about something equally unfortunate, about people who consider themselves Christians, maybe even the only true Christians, and who read the scriptures, but don't understand them, interpret them wrongly, or twist the word of God according to their own understanding and ideology. Here are some examples of what Jesus, contrary to how many, how many present his message today, never said. Jesus never said, follow your heart. He said, follow me. Jesus never said, be true to yourself. He said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny himself. Jesus never said, believe in yourself. He said, believe in me. Jesus never said, live your truth. He said, I am the truth. Jesus never said, as long as you are happy. He said, what will it profit the man if he gains the world and loses his soul? When the Pharisees came to Jesus and asked him which commandment in the law was the greatest, Jesus answered them with the words that the Pharisees were accustomed to recite twice a day, every morning and every evening. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou, thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the posts, posts of thy house, and on thy gates. The Pharisees knew these words. They knew them by heart. They taught them to their children and grandchildren. But it turns out they never really understood them. For if they had understood them, they would have known that the whole law was indeed summed up in these words. Jesus added another commandment similar to the first. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. If the Pharisees had loved God with their whole being and their neighbor as themselves, they would never have come to tempt Jesus and would never have wished him or any other person harm. 
By the way, exactly the same applies to us. So, what does it mean to love God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind? Let's begin with the heart. Contrary to popular belief today, according to the Holy Scripture, the heart is not the seat of feelings, but of the will. The heart represents the human being as a conscious person who is aware of himself and makes decisions of decisive importance for his life. Loving God with all our heart means that we put God's will before our own, shape our will according to God's will, and try to follow the will of God in everything, knowing that it is right and good, even if it should be contrary to our own will. Next, let's look at the soul. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy soul. Both in Hebrew and Greek, the word for soul, in Hebrew it's nepesh, and in Greek it's psyche. Both these words are derived from the verb to breathe. Remember how at the beginning of the Bible it says that God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Loving God with all our soul means entrusting our whole life to him, handing it over to him, surrendering our life to his power. This self-surrender to God can be expressed in the words of St. Ignatius of Loyola, Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my intellect, and all my will, all that I have and possess. Thou gavest it to me. To thee, Lord, I return it. All is thine. Dispose of it according to all thy will. Give me thy love and grace, for this is enough for me. This is to love God with all thy soul. Thirdly, Jesus says that we must love God with all our mind. This differs, if you noticed, from the wording in the Old Testament, where it says, with all thy might. It may be that Jesus is manifesting his divine authority here, for undoubtedly he, unlike humans, has every right to rewrite the law of Moses. However, I think there is another reason for using this slightly different wording. By replacing the word might with the word mind, Jesus shows that our true might as human beings, lies not in our physical strength, but in our mind. Among God's creatures, there are many 
who are much bigger and stronger than us. But the human being rises above them all because we are rational, intelligent beings. Well, at last we should be. Loving God with all our mind means that we use the mind, the reason, our God-given ability to think for what is most important, to get to know God, our Creator and Father, so that we can also truly understand His creation, including ourselves. When we know and love God, and study his creation, we also learn to truly love all those he has created. Only then will we be able to love our neighbor as ourselves, because we see him as a creature of God, a beloved child of the Heavenly Father, of our Father. If we truly love God, we cannot but love his creation. In the second half of today's gospel, Jesus reveals something extremely important, that he himself is the Lord, whom we must love with all our heart and with all our soul and with all our mind. Jesus is the incarnate Son of God, who not only expects love from us, but is himself true, eternal, invincible, and immortal love. He truly loves us with his whole being, and that's why he took our cross upon himself and died, died nailed to it on Calvary. Jesus doesn't demand anything from us that he has not first given us. The love he expects from us cannot add anything to his already perfect love, but it can change us and give us the fullness of true and eternal life as children of God. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.